0: London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where Open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEC, Open makes more possible. Episode Q24 coming to you live from the Costi karia line in studios. And DB, we are back. No rest for the weary. Let's just get right into it.
1: Wait, wait John, John. Hit me up. But give me the genesis of that name. I, I, I'm not even close on that name. I, I would have no connection to LA with that name. So please...
0: Okay, so I went deep this time. Uh, that, he was a seventh rounder back in 1987. Uh, he spent most of his career in Sweden and Germany. He did play two seasons, though, here in North America, um, largely with the, the Kings minor league affiliate at the time, which was the Phoenix Roadrunners of the IHL at that time. Um, he was called up, played 28 games, though, for the Kings in 91-92, which is a pretty important season overall in the Kings history. It was their 25th anniversary season. They were coming off of the year prior where they had their highest point total In franchise history, they won the Smythe division. That was just a loaded team at the time. Um, He was a big Swedish forward. Perhaps they thought they were getting the second coming of Tomas Sandstrom. That did not happen, though. Only one NHL goal, as I mentioned there, in uh, in 28 games. The interesting part was he was nearly a point-per-game player in the IHL uh, over those 100-plus games that he played over two seasons. Just couldn't really translate it to the NHL. And and to be honest, it was a stacked roster at the time. Um, that's, you know, the height of the L.A. Kings Gretzky era when you had so right, many great course. players. So maybe it was just one of those situations that different era, different time, you know, he would have maybe been able to earn more players Playing minutes, uh, and maybe he could have been something, but instead he went back overseas and had a had a nice career playing European hockey. Uh, so there you go. That's the story. Kings fans from back in the day that remember the Gretzky era jerseys may remember him for those 28 games in the 91-92 season. That's not why we're here, though, DB. We have uh, we have a lot of other stuff to cover before we get to our guest and some Kings news and notes. Let's just uh, talk about the World Series for a couple of minutes. That's been a topic of the program uh, for a few weeks now. The Dodgers, they were able to close it out in game six. Any thoughts?
1: I'm happy for all the Dodger fans in LA. You know, I'm a Yankee fan, but I definitely wasn't rooting for the Rays number one, number two. um, If you saw my wife's celebration last night, (laughs) the lovely PJ, um, she was uh, singing, we're the champion. She ran out the back door and the front door was yelling and screaming at the time. So, and a great series. And look, one guy, I know that Seeker won the MVP, but Mookie Betts changed the dynamics of this team. What a great, awesome player. And you know, John, as a Yankee fan, I do have a a Justin Turner uh, jersey. and, And I'm tempted now, even though he was a Red Sox, in uh, once the season starts next season, they get a Mookie Betts jersey. That's how much a bigger fan I am. But I'm happy for the Dodger fans. I don't think there's any asterisk. You know, it's like the um it's like the Stanley Cup, John. I get it. Sixty games, uh universal DH, seven inning doubleheaders. But to see this team come back from three one again down against Atlanta. Look, John, they were the best team in the preseason they were picked to win they had the best record um and they wound up winning so i don't know how you could put an asterisk on this i get it i understand it but it's the best team won. some team that was under 500 had come and won a world series final. but 32 years in the making uh don't want to spoil for any dodger fans i think it was a a great team a team that deserved to win and and won it on the field
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that point there, DB. There's no reason to put anything at the end of this World Series championship. They were the best team throughout the regular season. They played at an unbelievable clip, and then the adversity that they did face there in the NLCS and to be able to come back and to do that. They were the best team on paper. They were also the best team in the standings. They were the best team in the playoffs. They really dominated all year long, and I think it's interesting. I mean, I love the fact, uh, I've told you before, the Red Sox are my de facto uh, American League team, even though I don't like American League baseball, simply because Fenway Park is just, uh, it is the yeah. absolute best place to see a game. Uh, I was privileged to see the Dodgers play there a number of times. Happy to uh, happy to also see some Red Sox players coming over. I mean, you think about the guys that have come over in the last 20 years from Boston and played in Los Angeles uh, and what, what Manny did uh, for LA and just the electricity that okay. he brought. And now you see, you know, whatever, a decade later, you're seeing uh, it with Mookie Betts. I was thinking about this last night, DB, and, and I wanted to ask you about this on the program. I was thinking what the comparable would, people always like to know, what's the comparable to hockey or what's the comparable to the Kings? And when you think about the Dodgers with all of their homegrown talent, right? Uh, Seeger and Bellinger. I mean, you can just go on down the list, you know, all the way to Kershaw and everything. It's all yeah. of this homegrown talent, which is phenomenal. And then you add this player to put you over the top. Yeah. And then you think about the LA Kings, and they were largely a homegrown team when they won the Cup back in 2012. You think of the big stars, Kopitar, right. Brown, Quick, Dowdy, and so on and so on. And you think about the fact that they went outside the organization to pick up Mike Richardson, to pick up Jeff Carter. Here, yeah. Here's where I'm going with this long-winded setup. I, I don't think it really is a fair comparable. I couldn't I couldn't make it work perfectly because Mookie is not their Mike Richards and Mookie is also not their Jeff Carter. So um, right. there, there's a, there's there's a similarity there, but he's he, he's just such a different player. He's almost like the perfect combination. If there was a comparable, he'd be the perfect combination between Jeff Carter and Mike Richards almost.
1: Well, he's the youngest MVP to be traded. And win a World Series ever. I think there were some guys in their thirties who were one-time MVPs that got traded. But yeah, I mean, you you traded for an MVP player. Right? It's I mean, the only, and it's not even a comparable John because it's hard. Like the only other thing I add I could see to a player that added to a core might have been maybe a a Marion Hosa getting added to Chicago and then mm. winning championships. But it's I agree with you that the magnitude of this player to be traded to this team that was already, you know, the favorite. Uh, there's not really a comparable I don't think in any sport that I can think of.
0: Well, it was a tough trade at the time as well. I mean, yes, you are getting the American League MVP and Mookie Betts and, he, and you know, a young player with the with the fantastic future in front of him. But the Dodgers also had to give to get and uh giving up a top prospect in Alex Verdugo. Yeah, so two it of them. It, it was And Jeter
1: Downs too. Yeah, it was a to give it, it,
0: Two yeah, it was a tough trade at the time, but it is one of those that that even at the time, even if it kind of stung a little bit as a Dodger fan, you look at it and you go, "Well, that, it really does make sense," you know. And you're and you have yeah, sure. to wonder when now again back to comparables and you know similar situations, you have to look ahead to next summer or even the summer after. But it has potentially as early as next summer, a year away, uh, that the L.A. Kings could be in a similar situation where they could be potentially part with a couple of high end top prospects in order to add and put find that player that might put them over the top. Most likely it would be coming from the forward group. That's their position of strength and then trading for a defenseman. Right. But, hey, there's plenty of time to get into that, DB. I do want to give a, tip, a quick uh, tip of the cap, uh, a tip of the Dodger cap at, at that uh, to, to some of the Kings' prospects. They're, they're learning on the fly. Uh, Matt Luff tweeting out about the Dodgers during the game last night. That was fantastic. Arthur Kaliev and Quentin Byfield uh, also putting up on their social media accounts that they were pretty excited about the Dodgers winning. So that's awesome. We had Byfield on the program recently, and he mentioned that he was he was uh, already joining the party. And Artie, of course, is uh, was a Mets fan, but we think we flipped him over to the Dodgers. So that's fantastic. Hey, uh, DB, a quick reminder, though, before we move on. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, they jumped on board because they want to Get all of our listeners cleaned up before next season. So don't wait. Get 20% off plus free shipping. You go to manscaped.com and you use our offer code KOTP2020. Again, go to manscaped.com and use our offer code KOTP2020. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Moving ahead, DB. Uh, The schedule, it's starting. Things are starting to come into clarity here. Reports are breaking here over the last 24 hours that the Ontario Hockey League which was sort of the holdout in the, in the Canadian Junior Leagues. We, we already right. know what's going on, that the WHL is planning to get going in January. Now the OHL says they're going to start in February. Uh, this is important not only for players, I think, to get in games, but also how it ties to NHL camps because normally there's a trickle-down effect, right? Uh, you want to get the players pushed through the NHL camps, then to the AHL, and then off to juniors. Sure. Juniors are a little bit weird always because their, their camps and their exhibition seasons actually start prior to rookie camp. So when you get some of the NHL rookies and the young guys that – even though they're not even going to make the NHL or the AHL, they come to camp in Los Angeles, oftentimes having been uh, with their junior teams for a couple of weeks. So this, this will be an interesting year, but some of the other notes on the OHL, they're planning on playing a 40 game season, Dennis, uh, with camps opening. I found this to be interesting, January 23rd, and the players uh, are to arrive in their respective towns on January 8th to quarantine. Now, how does that work with the NHL camps? Maybe, maybe rookie camp, might not be part of NHL training camp this year for some players. I don't know. I mean, how does, how does that work? Because if they're in, at the beginning of January, if those guys are in Los Angeles, just take Quentin Byfield, for example. If he's in LA, and then if he doesn't make the Kings roster, and then he's sent to the Ontario League, does he have to quarantine for two weeks before he's allowed to join the team? Or do they consider the COVID tests that he will be going through in Los Angeles to be valid and acceptable, and then he's free to join? But then he traveled, he flew. I mean, the whole thing's crazy
1: well it depends on you know this pilot program we talked about in the last episode if it's if it's the way it's going to be right now nothing changes with respect to the quarantine. he's have to go in for 14 days i don't think it it doesn't matter how many times you test in the u.s it's not a um it doesn't waive the requirement maybe for a professional athlete it might because maybe it's a little bit different for this but i don't think it's going to change anything johnson unless they they go to a point where it's they're going to do rapid testing and do a 48 hour uh, quarantine i think this setup like a guy like byfield i I think you might scrap it 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 depends where these players are going after rookie camp Mm -hmm. if most of them are going to canada to to the O, it might not make it not may not make sense or you're gonna have to schedule it sooner i'm not really sure how it's gonna work but to me that looks like the way that it was laid out it looks like they don't think there's going to be any change with respect to the uh the border situation the other thing is that they they did ignore the fact you know there was some Some thought that there would be no contact in the OHL. And GM's kind of just scoffed at that. (laughs) <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting brand of hockey if they were to go that route. They didn't even talk about it, allegedly, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, the OHL teams will play against four to five other teams, so it's going to kind of be like a modified bubble situation um, yeah. over that, uh, what do we say there, 40-game season. So it, it also, I think, goes back to those seven NHL teams, which would include Los Angeles, who were not part of the return to play. If they are, or they've allegedly been approved um, to have an extra two weeks of camp, try to get those extra couple of weeks done in December prior to the Christmas break. And then you can allow these kids to go home, uh, have holiday with their family, and then they can quarantine if they're going to be playing, uh, in, in the OHL. And I think it'll also be interesting now to see if the WHL follows suit and they try to keep on the same track. Not that they have to, because the Quebec league certainly has been doing their own thing, but, uh, I mean, I would think it would make a lot more sense for the the WHL and the and the OHL to to follow on the same path. But hey, what do I know? I'm not part of Canadian Junior Hockey Executive Management not yet. I don't have a seat at that table yet. So we'll just keep moving along. Yeah. Work on that, <laughs> thank you, DB. <laughs> um, uh, some other uh, prospect news, and I have more Kings news and notes for the third period. But just real quickly, college hockey is starting back up. The preseason poll was announced. Uh, I, I know that all of our listeners don't follow along on Twitter, so I did put out a couple tweets about this the other day. North Dakota is number. Number one, as they, they typically are, uh, one of the, the top schools. Boston College, we talked about them with Lazat, a uh, beautiful campus. I've been there a number of times. BC is ranked number two. I'm sure Rob Scuderi's happy. And uh, Minnesota Duluth, which is where Mikey Anderson played, and also has a tie-in to our guest today, DB. Uh, they're ranked number three. Yeah. The Kings have two players in the top 20 um, on the number 11th-ranked team from UMass Lowell. You have Andre Lee and then defenseman Ben Meehan. I want to talk about him in just a second. And then uh, Brock Faber, who was also selected in the uh, second round this year, he's at number 14, Minnesota some of the other Kings kids that'll be at college this year, they actually received, their teams received votes, but they just slipped out of being in the top 20. Uh, that includes Doyle, who's playing at BU, uh, the goalie, Hernak, who's at St. Cloud, uh, Lafayette is going to be at Harvard, although he's, uh, until Harvard gets going, he's with Des Moines right now in the USHL. But back to Ben Meehan for a few minutes, just DB. All the talk coming out of the draft, of course, was on the Kings' top three picks, Byfield, Granz, Faber, as well as uh, the trade they made for Leah But yet there are two other names that I'm just calling attention to because I think people should pay uh, close attention to them uh, going forward or keep a close eye on them. And that uh, Mihan is one of them. Uh, They traded up in the fifth round to get him. Uh, a couple of quick notes on him. He played in the USHL last season with Cedar Rapids. Little side note there. Rob Blake's son, Jack, uh, who is at Shattuck St. Mary's, one of the top prep schools in, uh, you know, anywhere, really. Uh, he went to training camp with Cedar Rapids last season. So who knows? Maybe that's where, where Blake got his first glimpse uh, of Mihan. But how about this comment that I was able to pick up from a scout the day of the draft? They said, think of him more as a version, uh, of more a more physical version of Alec Martinez. That's pretty exciting. Uh, He said he's a a, a good puck mover. He's offensively minded. Uh, Talked with another NHL scout who said uh, that he's very aggressive. He's a competitive player. He's really able to get pucks out of the zone quickly, has good offensive instincts, high character player. And what they also noted was that um, he had an injury in the season that sort of derailed him. Very impressive first year in the USHL. Uh, He was one of the top-scoring defensemen at the time, and they said had it not been for the injury, they think that he would have gone much earlier in the draft. And that's why people are saying that uh, he was one of the steals that the kings were able to get in the fifth round ironically uh the uh, the other player they selected in the in the fifth round Kromiak, is also a player that people talk about a lot of value and being one of the steals so the kings did really well in the fifth round uh, to talk about chromiak just for a second uh in, in talking with a well-respected nhl executive in the days following the draft he was praising the job that the Kings did overall, and he said that Chromiak could be one of the steals for the Kings. He also named Jamson, who was taken in the seventh round, but um, really thought that Chromiak was great. He's uh, one of the 11 players that the Kings could be sending off to the World Junior Championships in December. He would be the lone representative on Team Slovakia, and he's had some success playing for uh, his, his national team already. But in the Ontario League last year, he came in late, But he had 33 points, Dennis, in 28 games in Kingston. Um, And again... Scouts and, and people that really follow the the players heading into the draft said that if he had played a full season uh, in the Ontario League, they think that he would have gone much higher. They couldn't believe the Kings were able to get him in the fifth round. For those of you that aren't familiar, first of all, shame on you because we have a full scouting report up on Mayorsmanor.com, so go check that out. But uh, he's a six-foot winger, has a lethal shot, good vision. Uh, he's a right wing who is said to really drive the offensive production um, on his line. So there's some, some notes on two fifth-rounders that you'll need to keep an eye on, and of course, we'll be tweeting about that. Uh, Dennis, more Kings news and notes coming up in the third period here, but let's tee up our guest for the second period. Bringing it back to Twitter, I don't know if you saw this, Dennis, but it appears that four Kings players, Jeff Carter, Drew Doughty, Anjay Kopitar, and Alex Ayafalo, bought seats at SoFi Stadium, home of, the, home of your Los really? Angeles Rams. But hold on, it's not what you think. It's not not like Matt Green or Andrzej Kopitar, who actually had season tickets at Dodger Stadium at different (laughs) points. Um, These are cardboard seats. So, yes. yes. The good news is we have the actual Aya Falo joining us on the program today. (laughs) Before we get to him, though, DB, I had a question. I just thought this was a clever idea. Maybe someone's already doing it. Um, You know, you're seeing all these cardboard cutouts uh, in these different stadiums and arenas and whatnot. And I know that you're not that much of a fan of them. But here's the deal. When you purchase them... Um, it's kind of, they're placed in the stadiums on a first come first serve basis. At least that's the way they've been doing it here in Los Angeles. But what about, this as an idea. What about as like an added bonus for season ticket holders? If you're going to go into buildings and you're not going to have fans in the building, what if you allowed your season ticket holders to have a cardboard cutout of themselves in their own seat? That'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I'd all, yeah, I'd be absolutely for that. that that makes a lot of sense as opposed to just putting them all together and I I think that what they want to do the only thing is the optics on that you want to group everything together but yeah I'd be all for that I think that makes the most sense as opposed to another thing the Dodgers put some people out in right field or something (laughs) like that why (laughs) not just put them in the seats where you would be sitting
0: right so here's the thing in the beginning, I understand uh, why, why they did that, right, for the optics. But, look, we're all past that now. We, we've all seen empty right. arena and empty stadium games. We're aware that, we're aware no problem, <laughs> that those are cardboard cutouts. Thank you. So I say now get the cardboard cutouts of the season ticket holders that want to participate and let them, uh, you know, sit in their actual seats. I think that would be kind of cool.
1: I think I agree. Couldn't agree with you more.
0: Uh, by the way, little footnote, I have a real issue. I, I, certain things get under my skin. People that call arenas stadiums, right? That just bothers me. Sta- Staples Center is not a stadium. It is an arena. No, so can the not. people that report on sports get this right and stop referring to arenas as stadiums? They're, they're not. They're arenas. There's a reason why there are two words, stadium and arena. <laughs> get it together, people. Let's go.
1: The Rams play in a stadium. The yes, Kings they do. play in an arena. Correct. You got it's it right <laughs> It's not that hard. It's not that hard. The that... Dodgers play at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> I think not that... at Dodger Arena.
0: I think that's the reason why it bothers me so much is it's not that hard. Okay. Like I understand the detail. Yes. Let's go. Yes. I understand that the rules of where your 18-year-old hockey prospect who's selected in the third round might be rather complicated. Was he drafted out of Europe? Was he drafted out of the Canadian juniors? How does that work? How does his contract work? If you sign him to a contract and you send him back to the (laughs) OHL and there's a slide, I get that the average person's not going to, you know, have that level of detail uh, that you and I might really get get excited about, okay? But basic level basic blocking and tackling okay sports 101 stadiums arenas that needs to be on the test hey jeff moeller doesn't he he's in the king's pr he teaches a class at usc or he did we need to talk to moeller make sure that he puts that in there it like uh, first exam open book make sure that the students get that right stadium and arena that's it's it's required (laughs) no follow-up to that okay
1: yeah, it's mandatory. Come <laughs> on, if you're a sports fan, you should be able to know the difference between who plays in the stadium and who plays in the arena. Okay, Thank you.
0: my rant is over. Let's move on. Joining us today... Uh, is uh, another success story. We talked about Blake Lazat recently and uh, being an unrestricted free agent coming out of college. Here's a guy who had uh, four years at uh, Minnesota Duluth, a great college career, and then was recruited and brought into the LA Kings and pretty much thrust into uh, a pretty important role playing on the left side there with Andre Kopitar for the past couple of seasons as Point Total has been producing. And uh, we'll get to know Alex Ayafalo on the other side of the break.
1: The maybe you left your mark forget doesn't matter where you you can keep my these forget
0: welcome back kings of the podcast and our guest this time around for the second period is none other than Alex I coming to us all the way from, I think you're in New York right is that is that correct
2: yep back in New York thanks for having me
0: well, thank you for joining us. Uh why don't we just start with your trek to get back to New York then? Because uh from what we understand you you packed up your Jeep and you did a cross country uh trip. Uh we'll talk about some of the stops that you made and, and all that sort of stuff. But where where did the thought process uh come from in order to, to pack up and drive to get all the way to the other side of the United States?
2: <laughs> uh, that was back in uh you know, the first quarantine, to be honest. So it was pretty serious and um, instead of flying, I just wanted to drive. I had a tent on the top of my Jeep and, uh, you know, I thought I could use that and have some fun on the way. Now, so my is, bike, I got a little mountain bike too. It's a mountain biking.
0: Is that something but, you've yeah. done before? Have you, have you driven back and forth before?
2: Yeah. A couple, a bunch of times.
0: Okay. So not it was
2: too, not too bad, but, um, it was a little different during a, a full blown pandemic. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know if I would agree with you. It's not too bad. I don't know. I don't know if that's a drive. It's one of those things that in my head, I always sounds like a great idea. I'm like, you know, that would be great. Why don't I take some time, drive across the country, see some of the wonderful things, you know, that this country has to offer. And then I remember how much I enjoy nice hotels and, and you know, a freshly changed bed and a good breakfast. And then I go, yeah, I just I don't think it's
2: for me. Yeah, you know, when you get to the twenty and 30th hour, then, then it doesn't get too fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you had SiriusXM, and you could at least, you know, pick and choose your, your stations. It's like, I, for me, that's what it is when I drive to Vegas. I used to fly to Vegas. Now I just drive. I enjoy the drive. It's a couple hours, not a big deal. But having SiriusXM makes a big difference because I can listen to some music, and then I can put on some comedy channels, and it sort of gets you through. Once you get past Barstow, you know, it gets it gets rough, but uh, you get to the other side. Once you get past Baker, you know, then then you're good
2: to go. Yeah, as long as you got variety, you know, you're golden. There you go. Uh
0: now a couple of the stops along the way. Now I know you slept uh either in Cal Peterson's driveway or his backyard or something, but first you went through Utah. Uh did you happen to stop in on and check in on Louie and how he's doing?
2: Uh, no, I didn't go that high. I was a little lower. Okay, in, uh hurricane Moab. And uh yes, I was at a friend's house one when I was out there and uh you know, uh, I stayed there, just out in the pretty much desert. It was super fun out there. It was still kind of cold. Um, then after that, I stayed in uh, Colorado on the way. That was, I think it snowed one of the nights. That was pretty cold too. But that was back in April, May. Um, and then I just went to Cal's, yeah, and then I was pretty much home. From and, there.
0: and where does the relationship? come come from with Cal Peterson because I, I'm I'm trying to connect the dots here where the connection comes from because you guys didn't play together in college and you didn't spend time playing with the rain so how how are you and Cal friends how does that happen
2: uh, I think just from college and um you know just kind of being around at the rink we got to know each other and um uh, we're just always kind of been good friends for uh, the last few years and uh, I just gave him a call and luckily him and his family let me stay right there and it was perfect and him enough for that
0: yeah well he's a great teammate he's uh oh yeah he was he was the the captain uh, even of his college team um talk about that maybe for just a moment yeah uh, you, you're one of those success stories unrestricted free agent in college uh, we had blake lazada on recently he talked a little bit about that just you know sort of explain to the listeners what the process is like you're in college you're focused on school you're focused on all that stuff and then you're an unrestricted free agent and these nhl teams are coming after you What's that whole experience like when you think back on it now?
2: yeah it's uh you know definitely a fun time um, you know you got coming out of college you got a lot of interest and in, you know your dream is to play in the NHL so um, you know at the same time you gotta take all the calls and figure out which team uh, you know best fits you best fits where you want to be and all that kind of kind of stuff so you know having that option um, you know really, helps you out, uh, in the long run. And, um, luckily enough, I was, LA was a choice and, you know, I chose LA and, uh, you know, I've loved it ever since and learned a lot along the way.
0: New coach coming in this year, Todd McClellan. Um, just, uh, any, any thoughts about your relationship with Todd, your, your, your feelings coming into the season, any apprehension or nervousness about this new guy coming in and how you were going to, you know, develop a relationship with them and how maybe it played out maybe from your thoughts before camp into, uh, how things actually ended up, you know, developing.
2: Yeah. He's a very good coach. And, um, you know, last year learned a lot from him and, uh, you know, he's very consistent with everything. And, um, you know, my idea just coming into it last year was just to work hard and, and, you know, um, you know, play, play my game to my ability and, you know, do whatever I had to do to uh, make the team better. So, um, you know, he respects that and, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. So he's a really good coach.
1: You know, Alex, John mentioned, uh, you're a great success tour, right? Undrafted free agent every year in your three seasons, you've gotten better. Um, Had the season been 82 games, you're probably a 20, 30, 50 point goal scorer, but now you're in a contract year. So a, any updates on that? And B, if not, um, how much pressure are you feeling on in a contract year? Will you be unrestricted to the end of the next season?
2: Yeah, uh, nothing yet, but um, you know, just like any year, I'm just going to go in and, uh, you know, do what I can to help the team out and, you know, keep, uh, you know, getting better every year. So hopefully that, uh, you know, helps me out in the long run. But, um, you know, aside from that, definitely excited for next year. Um, you know, we got a lot of talent coming in and, you know, I think we're all pretty excited to get started.
1: Hey, what do you think you blended so well and found chemistry with, with Kopi and Brown primarily on the top line?
2: Um, you know, they're obviously <laughs> all-star players and, um, you know, I've definitely learned a lot from them over the last three years. But, um, you know, my game is just to, you know, compete as hard as I can and, and uh, you know, produce in, uh, I guess, every zone too. you know, help out in the D zone, uh, neutral zone and offensive zone. So, you know, my job just poor check and, you know, get them the puck and, you know, we make some good plays along the way. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, some good chemistry lately
0: maybe expand on that a little bit and just talk about uh, the type of communication between you and Kopitar. I- I'm imagining that Kopi, being the center on the line, is doing more of the communicating with you and sort of telling you the type of player that he wants, because Kopi's is very specific from what we understand in terms of the type of guys that he likes to play with, and fans for a long time have wanted to, ha- you know, put Defoley up on the top line, have this guy play with them, have this guy play with them. but Kopi's been pretty steadfast almost from day one and since playing with you that he really enjoys playing with you, and can you maybe just expand on the type of communication that you you guys have either on or off the ice
2: yeah I think it's you know you hang out with them off the ice you get to know each other so you know that definitely helps out but you know on the ice um you know he's always giving me pointers and you know always telling me you know if I make a mistake um you know help me out try to fix that um especially on the bench you know just kind of sometimes after the shift um you know figuring out a different play depending on who we're playing you know what's going to work what's not going to work um you know things like that are able to help me as a younger player and um, you know I've just definitely learned from those guys a lot especially Kobe now Jeff
0: Carter from what I understand has also been somebody that you've given credit to and said that he's really helped you out with your consistency and sort of other aspects of your game and I find that interesting only because you haven't spent a lot of time playing with with Carter so can you maybe tell us a little bit about that relationship
2: yeah it's just uh you know just a great relationship and I feel like off the ice you know you get to know everybody and He's, uh, you know he's always offered advice on and off the ice so um, you know I respect him a lot and um, he's just always giving me good advice and that's um, yeah,
0: just a good leader you talked about looking forward to this upcoming season uh, and some of the the influx of talent you got a little bit of a taste of that at the end of uh, last season I know it probably seems like a long time ago it was um, but you know, guys like Gabe Velarde coming in, guys like Martin Firk, and on the defensive side, even Mikey Anderson and things like that. Just uh, w- when you think about that that last sort of 10-game window, um, what, is that, what does that do for you? Do, are, do you get excited when you look forward to next year about the potential of the team? Or do you maybe take a very cautious approach to it and say, look, that was a small sample size. It was the end of the year, uh, you know, and, and, and everything's going to restart and reboot once we get going at some point? Oh,
2: yeah, definitely excited. I mean, Definitely a uh, you know a good uh, step in the right direction. I think a lot of people would agree. You know, I feel like uh, young, some of the younger guys come in uh, and they listen real well. So you know, we're excited for that, and we're excited to play. So you know, <laughs> I can't wait to get started. And just like everybody else, you know, this is going on for too long. We're excited to get out there.
1: Yeah. So I'll you mentioned getting excited about next season, but it'll be probably like nine months between NHL games for you and the team. Like, have you stayed in shape? have you stayed sharp? Have you been able to stay sharp? Have you been on the ice? What's been going on in this time since March for you?
2: Oh, yeah, just training and been on the ice probably the same amount, maybe a little less just due to, you know, all the restrictions and everything, especially back in, uh, what was it, May and June and July. You know, those were pretty tight restrictions everywhere, even in New York and California, so. You know, that was definitely different than summers before, but you know, now it's kind of uh there's still restrictions but, you know, there's more more options to train and, and skate, so it's good at least. That's good. That's good.
1: Um, John mentioned you travel back to home. You're from Buffalo, you're back in the area now. But my question is, are you a member of the Bills Mafia? <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I follow them. My dad's got a bar close to the Bills stadium, so you know, right. he's, okay. he's always busy over there when there's games and so I just follow them and um, you know, they're doing pretty well this year, so we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> you know, um, some organizations like players not just to play hockey when they're drafted or when it's selected or they're signed by free agents. Did, did, were you playing other sports in high school other than hockey, or were you solely focused on hockey? Uh,
2: high school? Like, the younger years, yeah. I played uh, volleyball, actually, for uh, a couple of – well, yeah, my school back in uh, Eden York. So I feel like that definitely helped out, and uh, just the younger years play a little cross too, volleyball and cross.
0: And you're into surfing now too, right?
2: Yeah, surfing. Uh, yeah, out in California is pretty amazing. Swan fun out there.
0: Who who got you into surfing?
2: Uh, I don't know, really. I just kind of uh, my first year was just watching. You know, we we all live around uh, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa area, and uh, you know I just couldn't stop watching it and just decided to get out there and try it on my own. It helped ever since.
0: Now, this team is a little bit different than where they were in terms of uh, ages back in, you know, the peak of the team in 2012, 2014. A lot of the guys now have gotten married and they have kids, so they're not so much worried about their their style game, but you have some other guys on the team, uh, guys like Matt Luff. I know Carter still has a good sense of style. Who, who do you think has the best sense of style on the team and, and who really needs some help a la Matt Green back in the day?
2: like style as in like what they're wearing and stuff. Yeah, 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 their fashion game.
0: Who has a good fashion? I don't know. I mean, like I know you're an outdoorsman, so maybe maybe fashion's not your thing, but uh, you know, we thought we'd ask you anyway.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess cafes always been uh, the fashion guy, you know. Got the hair going, good style. <laughs>
0: fair enough uh on the number side we like uh we'd like to talk about numbers and jersey numbers and sort of you know it's a, it's a big thing here on the program you're wearing number 19 now you wore 14 back in college if i remember correctly when you came into training camp uh you wore 78 before getting your your quote-unquote real number how did you land on 19 did you pick it or did they just assign it to you and what's the what's the story behind it if you selected the number
2: yeah i mean i i think i kind of remember there wasn't really that many numbers to pick from and. Uh, you know 19 Uh, a lot of great players have worn 19 so i just kind of stuck with that and um i guess picked that out of a group of numbers
0: (laughs) did they steer you away from 14 at all
2: uh no
0: no i I don't think anybody was wearing 14 at the time but maybe maybe i'm wrong did you have uh did you have any attachment to 14 from your college days was there a reason or was it kind of the same thing you just sort of ended up with that number
2: pretty much same thing yeah just kind of you know stuck with it and pick from a group of numbers pretty much
0: <laughs> you mentioned Not your you mentioned your dad having the bar there in buffalo first of all it's a bummer that i didn't know that earlier i was back in buffalo for the outdoor game between the uh team usa and team canada at the world juniors and would have been happy to stop in there and uh and have a cold one or two but um you also more recently um have been you've, you've dropped off some food and stuff for your mom uh, can you tell us that story
2: oh uh, yeah she uh she works at the buffalo general hospital in buffalo just a nurse and Um, you know, I was able to bring up some food to their floor and and the nurses and, uh, stuff on that floor from a local, uh, pasta Italian joint. I mean, um, so it was definitely good to, you know, put a smile on their face and thank them for what they're, they're doing during all that.
0: Yeah. We've talked to a couple of other players, and some of them have said that they've just kind of stayed to themselves and tried to reconnect with friends and family during this time period, and others have said that they've talked to a couple of their teammates via, you know, texting or or that sort of thing, and and other guys, full-blown FaceTime, Zoom meetings, all that sort of stuff. Just what's been your experience? Are you uh, connected, or have you stayed connected recently, uh, you know, with some of your teammates at all, or are you just kind of off doing your own thing right now?
2: I really think we're all pretty connected. Um, you know, whether it's just text, a couple calls. Um, I think mainly like sending pictures of what we're doing, you know, that definitely uh, helps you connect with everybody just to, you know, keep it going and, you know, keep thinking about them.
0: Who's the guy that texts you the most?
2: Um, probably McDermott. Really?
0: What's Dermy, yeah. what's Dermy texting? What, what's he saying in his text messages?
2: <laughs> Not much, to be honest. <laughs> just checking in. And... That's pictures of what we're doing surfing whatever surfing
0: you can't be surfing in buffalo
2: <laughs> well he's been trying to surf i oh. got when i was back out there uh we got him out there a few times so I think he's a little hooked now
0: so so he's trying to make you jealous then he's, he's showing off the pictures of uh of what he's doing back here while while you're oh yeah while you're in new york <laughs> Well, let me tell you, it's yeah. been—I'm uh, sure he's been giving you the weather updates. It's been nice and warm; the the heat extended well into uh, into October, but it's turned in the last week or so. So, if he was in the water this week, um, it's it's a little bit nippy. So, I'm sure that uh, the wetsuit would uh, would come in handy this week.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Although we probably can't complain about it getting cold here, it makes us sound you know like we're definitely from California. What's the weather yeah. like in Buffalo? It has to be uh, much colder than it is here.
2: Yeah, it's raining right now. It's been uh what was it yesterday, like forties, fifties, I think. But yeah, it's uh definitely turning. I think it's supposed to snow on Friday. Beautiful. Friday, I'm not true. Sure.
0: Are you a big Ted's guy? <laughs> Ted's, Ted's hot dogs uh, there in Buffalo? T- yeah, Ted's are you a Ted's guy?
2: I haven't been there in about four or five years, I think. But okay. yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not really a hot dog guy unless I'm at a Dodger game, but I think I ate at Ted's about six times in the week that I was there for the World Juniors. Uh it was it was fantastic. We need to bring them on as a sponsor too. Can't, you,
2: can't you can't be the Dodger dog though. That's for sure. See,
0: now there you go. A man after my own heart. So are you watching the World Series?
2: Uh, a little bit. My dad my dad more of gives me updates though.
0: Okay. So he's a Dodger so fan see. or he's just likes he just likes the World Series?
2: Uh a little bit of both.
0: Okay. That's fair. So back to the yeah. back to the Bills yeah. Mafia thing. Have you taken? Uh, have you have you you know done any tailgating and and jumped off of a tailgate onto a table or done anything crazy at a Bills a Bills tailgate?
2: No, not at all. Um, <laughs> you're, killing me, playing, you're, so. you're killing me, Alex. You're killing me. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would be jumping on tables. I will go to those, but <laughs> all right
0: fair enough uh we appreciate you we appreciate you coming on it's been a lot of fun um try to try to stay warm uh during this this snowy winter i'm sure like everybody else uh you can't wait to get back to beautiful southern california and uh, uh you know strap on the skates and get training camp going it, it's going to happen at some point No, nobody seems to do you know because we don't know do you do you have any sort of a date when things are going to get going yet not sure to be
2: honest yeah Just waiting here yeah no nope. way to get back
0: Nobody knows. Well, well, let's all text McDermott then and find out. Maybe he knows. He's he's close to the office. Maybe he stopped yeah, by. Know. Yeah, he stopped by TSE and he checked in with uh, GM Rob Blake and he has the scoop. So we'll all text McDermott after this and uh, we'll see what we can find out. Thank you for joining us on Kings of the Podcast. Look forward to seeing you back in camp here, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Thanks for
2: having me. Take care. Here you there go. you go,
0: Alex follow. We'll talk about that after the break. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Welcome back, third period. Thanks again to Alex follow calling in all the way from upstate New York there and uh, fascinating to get his perspective on things. And I'm sure that he is looking forward to sooner rather than later getting back to the warmer weather here in Southern California. Um, a couple of quick notes before we move along here. Uh, talk about the music. The first intermission music, that was Kygo or Kigo? I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, but uh, that's that's an EDM guy that I Follow likes, so we uh, put that music in there just for just for him. And, I know
1: Kigo. That, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. I figured yeah, you no, You're I, a big EDM yeah. guy
1: too. Wow, you, you, wow, that's a, that's a bending of your rules,
0: Joe. Wow. <laughs> D- Holy cow. DB, I always appreciate when people tweet about the music because the songs are not just randomly selected. There's usually a reason oh, no. behind it. Yes. And uh, there's a lot right. of thought that goes into it. And yes, even bending of some rules, playing some songs that normally would not be, uh, you know, in, in my archives. Uh, so. Yes, that was, that was especially for him. Uh, doing, doing some research, found out that's, that's one of his go-tos. He likes that guy. So uh, that's for him. Uh, the second intermission was a band called Every Time I Die. That is the most popular, famous band that uh, came out of the Buffalo area. So uh, a little tip of the cap to the Buffalo people. So DB, during the break there, I did have a quick chance to research some of the numbers. Uh, You might remember he was talking about wearing 14 versus 19, or he was actually talking about wearing 19 and I asked him about if they steered him away from 14 because the thought that popped into my head during the conversation was, were they trying to steer him away from 14 because of Justin Williams? You know, sometimes that happens where a team, they try to put a little space between a very popular player wearing a number. Even though the number's not going to be retired, they try to just give a little space there before another player wears that number and uh, it wasn't clicking in my head what it gone down there so I, I, I quickly uh, jumped onto the internet and looked it up so Tom Gilbert wore number 14 actually which surprised me um, the year before but he was gone over the summer that they signed I A follow they brought in Mike Camilleri and Cammy wore 14 during Iofalo's rookie year, at least for the first part of the season when he was with the team. And I didn't really remember Mike Camilleri wearing 14 at all because Cammy has worn 13 yeah. throughout his career. Obviously, he couldn't wear 13 when he returned. There was another guy, another former guest of Kings of the <laughs> Podcast, uh, in Kyle Clifford, who had taken over 13. So I guess Cammy didn't do anything weird like, you know, going to a, a different number that tied into three. He just went Plus one and went with 14. And so um, that's why when aya follow was selecting his numbers, I guess he ended up at 19. So little footnote for all the listeners there.
1: I have a question for you, John. Sure. What would be your jersey number?
0: Great question. Uh, 12. 12 is my favorite number, so I would go with 12. Um, I'm also the fifth, so if 12 was unavailable, I would go with number five. However, I do view myself as more of a forward than a defenseman, and I don't like forwards with single-digit numbers, which would lead me back to 12. (laughs) So, uh, a little interesting point, though. The Kings have not, I think we talked about this at one point, the Kings have not had great success with players who wear number 12 in terms of, like, the overall history of the team. Um, little, Little short bursts at different times, uh, but for the most part, number 12. Uh, yeah, we talked about it during Roman Volpot, I believe, during the episode we did with him. By the way, if you did not listen to the Roman Volpot episode, please go back and listen to that. We posted that when we did five straight shows during the Christmas break. Very interesting uh, podcast with him. He was the player who came over in the uh, Wayne Gretzky trade with the St. Louis Blues. So um, take note of that. Uh, DB, So they, what would your jersey number be?
1: 22. It's my birthday. Okay. Or 7, which is a lucky number.
0: All right. Well, there you go. So if you ever get drafted by an NHL team or if uh, maybe if they sign you to a one day contract in the ECHL, make sure that team has a 22 or a seven um, that's available. Uh, Before we get to the rest of our Kings news and notes today, DB, let's just make uh, take a quick moment and remind everybody. um, Hey, if you like the show, be sure to check out our newest sponsor. Uh, DB and I are not just here to shill, by the way. We actually took the products for a test drive before talking about this stuff on air. Um, We wanted to check things out ourselves, make sure that we both were able to give Manscaped a thumbs up. Uh, They passed. They're approved. Um, So we can say this pretty proudly. Support for Kings of the Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. They're the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Love that. And uh, Manscaped uh, products, they really make things easy for you, DB. They keep things clean down there, which is not always easy for men. Don't worry, Manscaped can help. Check out the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Of course, we've been telling you guys about the benefits of their products. Uh, This is their third generation trimmer, so you know it's been um, refined. It's gotten even better uh, than the award winning original. It features a cutting edge ceramic blade, premium long life battery, it'll last up to 90 minutes on a single charge. It also has waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower, plus that infamous LED light allowing for more precise trimming. And uh, like I said, we both took it for a test drive. We're sure that you guys will want to do the same thing. Uh, That way you can experience it firsthand for yourself. So let's get you cleaned up before next season. Don't wait. Get 20% off plus free shipping using the code KOTP2020 at manscaped.com. Once again, manscaped.com. Use code KOTP2020. Now, Dennis, let's get back to some news and notes here to wrap things up today. Um, I, I want to talk about Europe for just a couple of minutes. I mentioned on the last episode, I believe, that the USA and Canada may have a competitive disadvantage uh, because the leagues, of course, are not playing over there uh, compared to the, or playing over here compared to the leagues that are playing over in Europe. So a couple of footnotes on that. All of the Czech leagues have been shut down recently, um, but they are reopening soon. Yeah. Russia is actually playing, even though they've had some, uh, some COVID scares in the KHL. In the uh, Finnish Liga, and the juniors over there, they've had to reschedule some games because they've had some issues as well. And sort of the same thing with the Swiss and what's going on over in uh, Sweden. So there have been some daily changes to the schedules. It's not like everything uh, is just, you know, flowing along without any issues. I, I, I didn't want to give that impression. Um, the reason I bring this up also is for a couple of reasons. Next week starts the national team breaks in in Europe. So you're going to see evaluation camps and then some exhibition games that are going on um, for some of those teams. And speaking of exhibition games also, the Germany uh, team over there in Berlin, where the Kings prospects are playing uh, or training, they're going to play a couple exhibition games this week. They're going to play on Friday and they're going to play on Saturday. Per my request, they will not be playing a 5.30 a.m. game Pacific time. That's been moved. It'll be later in the afternoon on uh, Friday, and I'll tweet out a link if people want to. They can buy the stream. It's, uh, it's about $10 U.S., just under $10 U.S. to buy the stream, or if you want to get up at 5.30 in the morning for the game on Saturday because they are playing back-to-back, and apparently they don't recognize the, uh, the time restriction rule that the NHL has on back-to-back games. They're going to play an afternoon game and a morning game. Uh, that would be our time. Friday, Saturday, early Saturday morning Halloween. I guess they don't want to get in the middle of your trick-or-treating, DB. Uh, but the German, the German uh, Berlin team will be playing, and the kids are expected to play. So Akil Thomas, uh, Aiden Dudis, and uh, Jacob Ingham, um, uh, are expected to be uh, in those games, so we'll have more information on Twitter. You can check that out. A uh, few injuries to report going on over in Europe as well. DB, uh, fortunately, Elias Anderson is okay. He took a big hit yesterday. If people yeah. didn't see that, the, I tweeted out the video. You can uh, or a retweet of somebody else's video. Um, you can watch that video. Uh, he was just <laughs> he was run over uh, like a train, and uh, as I noted on Twitter, be, being A hockey player no big deal blood no big deal just uh stick a couple of cotton balls up his nose and on the next shift he's out there going again unfortunately that's not the case for Carl Grunstrom he right now has a concussion uh don't know just yet exactly how long he's going to be out and then also defenseman Jacob Mavari um he has a lower body injury and from what I hear he's going to be out for a couple of weeks so there's some notes for you uh all the way from Europe for you DB
1: absolutely a couple of uh more serious injuries, but uh, hopefully they're on the mend, and uh, we'll get back to action soon.
0: Yeah, you know, we talk over uh, here at stateside uh, during the NHL season how difficult it can be to get injury information, uh, even prior to COVID. You know, coaches were so secretive and upper body, lower body, and you know whatever. Uh, and then with COVID, it became even even more scarce this year. Sure. Now try to do it. Uh, try to get injury updates, DB coming out of Europe (laughs) with the time change (laughs) and the language barriers. It's not always easy, but uh, we were able to cobble together a couple of quick updates Uh, to wrap up the show today. DB do just want to mention Matt price, LA Kings trainer who was on the program. That was a really fun show too. Uh, He, he was on a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, at the time, we mentioned that uh, the training staff for the LA Kings, they've put together an at-home video series, which uh, for those of you that are quarantining at home and you want to keep in shape, you watch these videos and they'll help keep you in shape. Uh, there's a new video uh, in the series that just came out, so be sure to check that out. I'm sure that the, the Kings and Matt Price uh, have tweeted those out, I, I would imagine. If not, you can go to YouTube and you can find those. And, and stay in shape, DB. DB, are you getting your steps in?
1: Hey, I, I look, I, right before the pandemic started on March 1st, I was working from home, still working for Ripple. I actually bought a Nordic track bike. So uh, I was at the curve. Who knew on March 1st it was going to happen. So, yeah, knock out about a half hour. Um, Usually after uh, watching Jim Cramer, Mad Money, CNBC, when I'm day trading my stocks, there's nothing else to do from a hockey standpoint. So, yeah, I'm just trying to stay in shape, Jay.
0: All right, so now you're going to have something to do when you get up early Saturday morning to watch the games from Germany. Uh, in the meantime, we'll let you get back to the bike and get after it. Right now, uh, that's it for this episode. You guys can head over to Manscape.com, use our coupon code KOTP2020, save twenty percent plus free shipping. And while all the listeners are doing that, DB, we will go ahead and record another episode soon. <laughs>
1: Macy's get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Luxe Hotel Collection bedding now 40% off, and Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift card, services, and fees. More at macys.com/starrewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.